I'm talking about something nice like kittens. Hello everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of I Don't Know History. My name's Alex, I'm the historian, and I'm here, as always, with my trusty companion RJ, who is, I'm sure, eager to learn more about history. As I'm sat here in this big armchair, cross-legged with a glass of wine. Ready for the Great British Cheers. Bake Off. Cheers! I'm ready for Bake Off tomorrow. I'm drinking coffee. Wait, hang on. I want the audio to sound nice, so I'm going to cheers you with that while holding the stem. You'll never, you'll never really get it, because I'm, I'm yeah. drinking from a coffee cup. There that was a little are. better. That was a little better. That was nicer. All right. <sighs> but yes, Bake Off is on tomorrow. <sighs> I am hyped. I love me Bake Off. Maybe we do the I'm, history I'm of I'm delaying cake. Dungeons and Dragons for Bake Off. Oh my gosh. It's it's important to me. I'd, re- I'd love to play Dungeons and Dragons with Noel Fielding and Prulief. See, I'm more of a sewer. Um, oh. Go on. Ah. What was it? I remember Sue Perkins and... Can you do it for me? Mel Giedroyk. Thank you. Mel and Sue. I started with Sue. That was the problem. It's not Sue and Mel. It's Mel and Sue. Mel and Sue, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Noel and Sandy. Anyway. Sorry. What what was I talking about? We weren't really talking about anything, were we? No. Do you know what the topic is today, RJ? You should know because you requested it specially. Yes. Uh, I requested two, so if I chuck you the wrong one, okay. you've got to get ready for next week's topic, apparently. Okay. <clears throat> just have to, I'll just have to, to wing it. Witchcraft? Or is that next week? No. The other one. It's Vikings. Yes. Uh, it is Vikings. Because, I mean, next week is going to be... Next next week, next episode is going to be a little closer to Halloween, Halloween I suppose. to witchcraft makes more sense, I understand. Whereas today, uh, we're close to... I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's September. September. We're closer the, to Earth, Wind, and Fire. And month- we all care about. We all know the Vikings cared about Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes. The Earth they traveled. The fire kept them warm, and the wind set their sails. Indeed, indeed. And they the winds changed to allow the the French. That's to, what the song September was all about. What the changing of the winds allowing the Normans to invade England in 1066. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad Do you remember. You remember. That. The twenty-first What made you interested in Vikings, RJ? I was trying to think of things that were to do with history, but weren't necessarily periods of time, and because we focus a lot on say like wars and periods yep. of times, this isn't a war podcast. I, mean, I kind of wanted to go into Vikings or a war, or a war culture. Like yeah, I know. <laughs> so, like, the witches as well, like, for next week, uh-huh. for instance. Uh, I wanted episode, to touch... It's not next week. In two, in two weeks, weeks' time. Sorry. In next fortnight. I've had wine. Ah. Like, so. like an eighth of a glass. <laughs> Gets me there. Um, yeah, so I wanted to focus more on, say, like, cultures and genres mm-hmm. of history rather than enough. just periods of time, which I think when we go into season three, you will probably see more of. We'll, we've played around with season one and two on different things and season three <laughs> I'm, I'm hopeful. Hopefully we can perfect the formula. Yes. Season three coming out in 2020. Hopefully. Yeah, I will. I will. We're not having another year. Actually, <laughs> what do you know about Vikings? Um, pillage. Yeah. Horn hats. Mm-hmm. Big chalices. When I think of them, I imagine... Big, big chalices? Well, they drank out of skulls, didn't they? No, uh, not chalices. What's the... What's the what, what? 
What are you saying? It is the big jug, essentially. A flagon? Probably. Alexa, what's a flagon? Alexa, thank you. Oh, <laughs> I have to nice. say thank you lately because she's been in a bit of a mood with me. Oh, yeah. Well, it's ever since I got the Google Home in the kitchen. It's oh. just they're not happy with each she other. She knows. She yeah. knows. So who were the Vikings? <laughs> uh, Fred Astaire. Not okay, Fred there, was, Astaire. <laughs> there was a rhetorical question. Rhetorical question. Well, before we do this, can you can you name any famous Vikings? Norman. What? Come on! I've mentioned so many famous Vikings throughout. Season one and two of I don't know history. Yeah, but I haven't done my revision lately. <sighs> You're the worst. I know. There, there will be some names that you pick up on. Okay. Okay. So, what, what is a Viking? Well, we need to do a little bit of etymology before we get onto the history. Um, I read extracts from a book by a man called Jan Terje Farland called "The Syntax of Old Norse," where he analysed where the word Viking came from. So, what his hypothesis was that the word "vik." or vik, um, is an Old Norse word meaning creek, or inlet, or if you like, a fjord. Um, so a viking is someone from the fjords. Mm -hmm. Which would make sense because they would attack and raid and pillage through these areas that areas, had yeah. inlets. There is also a district of Norway called viking, or viking, with it without the G. And a viking would be a person from viking. Yeah. So it could come from that as well. Um, this is probably the one that I, the next definition is where I think it probably does come from. So there's an old Nor Norse word that means, called vika, which is a sea, um, a sea mile, essentially a, like a knot. Yeah. Um, I also read the book, The Indo-European Lexicon by Hans C. Boas, um, <laughs> which then becomes uh, vikingur. So ingur is like an old Norse or slash Icelandic word that you put on the end of a verb to mean someone who does something. So vika. They do this. They they do these sea miles. Viking or someone who does these. So one who journeyed these sea miles, and it took on a tr this traditional meaning when Scandinavians began to dominate the North European seas, because they'd arrive and be like, "Who are you? Oh, we're the Viking." You know. It also first appeared in the Old English uh, language in circa in the ninth century A.D. as Viking or Viking, which generally referred to Scandinavian pirates. W i c i n g. So it was a word that they came up with the, by themselves, mm -hmm. but it took on another meaning when given to other cultures. Yeah. Uh, associated with barbarism and things like that. It's important to note as well that it's only in the 20th century and beyond that anyone, that, that anyone from Scandinavia started being referred to as Vikings. No one, no one said, oh, the Viking countries. Yeah. Vikings were a very specific subset of these Scandinavian people. Mm-hmm. The seaborne raiders, always. So interesting other names as well, which these are going to come up later. Slavic people, Arabs and Byzantines, called them the Rus, which is derived from Roths, which means related to rowing. Yeah. The men who row. Rus, that will come up. It's also believed that the Scandinavian settlements that uh, rose up in Slavic countries, because they were very well-traveled people, played a role in the founding of the Federation of Kievan Rus, which is a precursor to modern-day Russia and Belarus. 
Sweden is still called Rutsi in Estonian. Mm-hmm. Um, they were also called the Varangians by the Byzantine emperor. Uh, in the 10th century, Emperor, <laughs> get this, Emperor Basil II <laughs> of the Byzantine Empire formed the Varangian Guard, which is a unit of Scandinavian warriors who served as his personal bodyguards, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting. So Vikings is a very European word, because outside of that, they were called completely different things. I'm going to remember Basil. Basil, Emperor Basil II of the Byzantine Empire. Okay, I'm not going to remember that. I'm going to remember Emperor Basil. What did he form? Because I am thinking of Basil Brush dressed like an emperor. What did he found? I can't repeat those long words. The Varangian Guard. I can't say, but <laughs> stop making me say words I really can't say. Okay. <laughs> the, so, um, Varangian. Varangian Guard, that's right. Varangian Guard. Okay. Yes. Two words. <clears throat> Varangian, so, like veranda. <laughs> Basil Brush stands on the veranda. With his guards. With his guards. Emperor Palpatine and Basil Brush stand on the veranda with his guards. Emperor Basil Varangian Guard. Okay. Okay. That's probably not going to be in the quiz. You! Uh. Might be. So, um... In about 17, not 17, 790 AD Mm -hmm. um, in Western Europe began something called the Viking Age. Now, before this, there was very little record of Vikings. And we'll get to this later, but I'll I'll interject it now. The Vikings, interestingly, were a non-literate society. Yeah. And what that means is they don't write things down. They have runes and stuff, and they would inscribe things on runestones, but it's very sort of basic communication. It's more... Like, they would write a rune on a stone and lay it down to remember the dead. As, like, a gravestone. But they didn't mm-hmm. write histories of themselves down. So much like you had the Greek Dark Age between the Mycenaean period and the classical period of Greece. Or the one just before that. Archaic Greece. Mm-hmm. You've got a Dark Age between 790 AD and the rest of history before that. Yeah. So you could say that the history of Vikings really starts... Around this time. Mm-hmm. So it began when the Vikings it, explored... Go on. Sorry. They're, are they writing about themselves now? Or is it other people they writing will write, about them? These days, yes. They write about themselves now. Um, a, a lot of... Oh, contemporarily, you mean, yeah, in 790. Yeah, you said that this is when they're starting to be documented. And I was wondering yes. the difference there. Because remember point of view, like, mm-hmm. history is written by the winners. That's exactly true. They would, it was documented mostly, um, Viking raids and stuff, by... Uh, Anglo-Saxons and the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle and the French and the Germans and things like that. They did start writing about themselves later on in the sort of 11th, 12th centuries. Um, but obviously it was years and years ago at this point. Like these these events that happened here happened 400 years ago when they started writing about them. So it's got hearsay in it and you've got these legendary characters who may or may not have existed. Which is why this kind of really ancient history, this is not ancient ancient history, but over a thousand years ago it's always really interesting to me i don't, don't know about you really interesting to me because more so than modern history because there's so much kind of just deduction that you have to use and analysis of of certain things in order to get to a reasonable conclusion so that's my my little my little i like history i like history um so the it's the viking ilk history i i like Wait, history DK, i, I like know. knowing history I, 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 ilk, ilk history, I like history. Uh, 
So the Viking Age in Europe began when Vikings started to explore southern sea routes and raided coastal settlements in France, Germany, excuse me, and Britain. Uh, notably, Lindisfarne Abbey in the 780s, where they ki killed a lot of the monks who worked there or enslaved them, took them back and made them slaves. Because slavery has always been a thing. We need to get a buzzer next season for slavery. So there's, the bell is political bell, and then there's a buzzer for slavery is bad. The slavery buzzer. This, it's not, let's call it the slavery is bad bu buzzer, because I don't like the idea of our show having a slavery buzzer. Yes, no, that's fair enough. Uh, that's fair the, enough. The PR department would be like, oof. It's <laughs> <laughs> the PR department. Me and you. Yeah, the PR department for Pod Mage would freak out. That's just you, so, isn't it, basically? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the Viking Age also coincided with a period of Viking expansion into Europe, uh, Western and Eastern, as well as abroad. In previous episodes, particularly the, the Discovery of America in Season 1, we talked about how Vikings settled in Vinland, which is modern-day Newfoundland and Labrador, and obviously Greenland, circa 980, not 1980, 980. So they've already started this expansion, and it's because of their powerful navy, really, that they have the ability to sail all the way over there and settle that, and they have the ability to sail through the Baltic Sea, down the River Volga, and into Kiev and Rus, as it was, and all the way around uh, Europe into the Mediterranean. So I want to talk to you about uh, the Great Heathen Army of 865 AD. This is a topic that I've wanted to do forever, um, but I'm just going to pop it in here because it's really, really interesting. And it's a prime example of Norse expansion rather than just raiding. Prior to the Great Heathen Army, the Vikings had just been known as these annoying seafaring raiders who would drop in, um, burn a village. I mean, as far as, like, think of yourself as the king, not as the family of someone who gets murdered. The king or someone, these Vikings drop in, murder a village, burn it down, take all the stuff. It's like, oh, that's, that's really annoying. You know, that's kind of, a, that's a nuisance when you're running the country as opposed to, you know, living there. But the Great Heathen Army was an invading army. They went, they sought to conquer. So in Norse legend, there's a fellow called Ragnar Lothbrok. Have you seen Vikings, the TV show? No, I have been told many times to watch it. You know, the lead character, Ragnar. I have been met, told many times to watch it. So your, your thing here is, I don't know. You know, the guy in all the posters... I don't know. You've never seen an advert for Vikings? No. Really? It's an Amazon Prime show, though, isn't it? All right. So if you've ever seen an advert for HBO? Vikings... I, I don't know. I think it's HBO. <laughs> if, you've, if you've ever seen an advert for Vikings, the guy in it, for the first couple of seasons anyway, is Ragnar. He's called Ragnar. He is Ragnar Lothbrok. Mm -hmm. Lothbrok means shaggy breeches. That's because he had... Sorry. Shaggy... Breeches. Breeches. Yeah. I heard beat shoes. <laughs> Shaggy beach shoes. Shaggy breeches. No, he just had like, um, I think they were made of moose hair or something. Okay. These great big, like almost like 70s flares that he wore, supposedly, <laughs> way back in the 9th century. Shaggy breeches. So um, Ragnar and his raiding party landed in Northumbria, which is modern day Northumberland, I suppose, and was killed by <laughs> really? King Ella of Northumbria. King Ella was the... He was the petty king of Northumbria because there was no kingdom of England at this time. It was several different petty kingdoms, and that's kind of what made this easier for them. Uh, in response, rather than, a, rather than raiding, a huge army under the command of Ragnar's sons came together, not to raid, but to conquer. Did they conquer, Ajay? Yes. Yes, they did. 
Um, they were under the command of Halfdan Ragnarsson. William the Conqueror. There you go. You asked me a while ago. For a famous, a famous Scandinavian Viking. Never mind. He's a Frenchman. I know. I realized as soon as it came out of my mouth, I heard conquer. I was like, there you go. So, (laughs) There's a reason this show is called I Don't Know. Halfdan Ragnarsson, Ivar the Boneless, Bjorn, you've laughed at that before, Bjorn Ironside, and Uber, who doesn't get a nickname. Because fuck you, Uber, basically. (laughs) These four sons of Ragnar Lothbrok. They landed in East Anglia and in exchange for peace were given horses to ride north by King Edmund. Uh, Based on ship numbers and capacity, their numbers would have probably been in the low thousands. Um, Sort of historical prose on this is kind of describes it as this enormous army of 100,000 men. And no navy in the world existed that could ship 100,000 men around. Not at this time, anyway. In a thousand Mm -hmm. years' time, sort of in you know, the 1860s, the British had a navy that could ferry like a million people around, but not now. They had like Viking longboats and needed to row and stuff. So they set out for North Northumbria in 866. So in the Norse Eddas, and Edda is a, like I just said, the, the prose, the historic prose, they are said to have ki- uh, killed King Ella by performing the Blood Eagle. What do you think the Blood Eagle is? Don't want to imagine. Sounds bad. Okay, let me describe to you the Blood Eagle. What they do is they cut open your back. Yeah, okay, I knew it. They crack your ribs. Ribs, and they bring your ribs out so to be like wings. Yes, out back behind you. Um, not only that, they also pull out your lungs and drape them over your those ribs. And then display you. Um, it's, a t- it's a type of revenge killing. Uh, in the Norse Edda, it said that they threw his, the, King Ella threw the, his, their father into a pit of snakes. And he died. But poisonous snakes in Britain, what do they do? A pit full of adders? He was just a bit itchy the day after. He somehow managed to die. Obviously, the black mamba died out in sort of circa 1000 AD. I mean, this turned out better than I was expecting a pit of snakes to be. But, you know, (laughs) it's like I fell into a pit of um, stinging nettles. That would be awful. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't die necessarily, but it would be horrible. Can you die from it? Because it is like... I guess there are people with allergies. Yeah, but I'm just thinking, stinging nettles. There must be like a certain level because they, it, 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 your skin reacts to like the needles going into your skin. That's right. So there's got to be a substance on it. So I wonder if you can have like some kind of toxic shock. Probably, yeah, probably. Make a lovely soup out of nettles, apparently. And tea. Mm. I've, heard, I've heard that. So they established a puppet ruler and a base of operations in York which in Old Norse was called Jordavik, and they rode south to the next kingdom, Mercia. Uh, they conquered Nottingham in 867, and by 874, the whole kingdom of Mercia. So they were there for quite a while. In 871, they returned to East Anglia, killed King Edmund, and took East Anglia. So the guy who gave them horses earlier, they just came back and murdered him, because, uh, you know, why, why wouldn't you? And only the kingdom of Wessex remained, ruled by... Uh, King Alfred the Great. Now this kind of stalemate and uh, guerrilla warfare both sides continued for a while until finally Alfred the Great of Wessex won a victory at Eddington in 878 and the country was divided between Wessex and the Dane law in the Treaty of Wedmore. So what's the Dane law? I have mentioned the Dane law to you before but I don't think in uh, an exquisite amount of detail. 
Uh, I am unaware. So the Dane law was an area where Danish or you know Viking law was followed. Um, the, in England, Danes were refer, referred to anyone who was from the Scandinavian region. That's because of uh, the personal union between the kingdoms. Yeah. By that I mean the king of Denmark was also the king of Norway at the same time. In much the same way that King James, the first and sixth of Scotland, was also king of England. They were separate kingdoms, but he was king of both. But they had a different type of succession in Norway and Denmark called uh, Gavelkind succession, which meant that your um, kingdoms were split between your multiple sons. So when one king, if he, if he was king of England, Denmark, and Norway, one son would become king of England, one son would become king of Denmark, etc., etc., etc. So the Dane law was an area of England where Danish law was followed. It ranged from modern-day Yorkshire and Lincolnshire to Suffolk. So it was a large area. It existed from 878 to 954, so quite a long time. Um, but the, following that period, English kings fought and drove out Danish jarls or subjugated them. And finally, the the last Danish uh, Danish Jarl to be driven out in 954 was Eric Bloodaxe. That sounds like a character from Dungeons and Dragons. That is very much true. Or wait, what was the last name? Bloodaxe. Bloodaxe sounds like that character from Guardians of the Galaxy too. Taserface. Taserface sounds like a dwarfish clan. Yeah. In Dungeons and Dragons. Um. Anyone who's listening who loves them some D&D, enjoy making a game where your character's called Bloodaxe. Um, Alex. Yes? Does Leif Erikson come into, into play at all? No, I haven't mentioned Leif Erikson, but I'm excited that you've mentioned Leif Erikson. Mm-hmm. Who's Leif Erikson? Or Leif Erikson? Leif Erikson. I'm not too sure. Potentially something to do with time. I can't remember. Because I remember Googling this years ago, because it's also mentioned in the TV show SpongeBob SquarePants, mm-hmm. where he celebrates Happy Leif Erikson Day. Leif so, Erikson Day. Leif Erikson Day. I'm not too sure about all that. And yeah, I mean, I can quickly do a Google Leif Erikson, if my memory serves, was, and my very quick Google search I just did, <laughs> was the, the Viking explorer from, he was Icelandic, and uh, he was the first man to set foot on continental north america before christopher columbus well before christopher died in greenland yes and he settled greenland do you remember we talked about him in the discovery of america at the very beginning of the episode where he yes sailed Uh, through to vinland which is newfoundland and labrador and lance meadow there's viking rune stones and then he settled in greenland and he called he called it greenland because he wanted people to go there because he thought it would sound nicer and it was like (laughs) Maybe that small island shouldn't be called, like, something nice, because too mm. many people go to a small island. Let's mm. call it Iceland. Well, it's all ice. It's actually very beautiful. It's the reverse. Yeah. Let's be real. It is the reverse. Mm-hmm. Aliens are going to come here and go, what the hell was wrong with these people? Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, no, Leif Erikson. Very good, RJ. Very good. Thank I'm you, impressed. Thank you, SpongeBob SquarePants, for giving me that knowledge. Thank you, SpongeBob SquarePants, for all that you do. I'm ready. Are you ready? However, English in, uh, Danish Viking influence in England <laughs> did not end here. Do you remember in, I believe it was episode one of this season, mm-hmm. Formation of the United Kingdom, I talked to you about the Viking kings of England. Yes. Do you remember any of their names? 
just I remember James was the one that was like Scottish and English, right? James, James was Scottish, yes. Yes. But before but he, that, wasn't he the one that ended up being King James the fourth year and King James the the first and sixth, there? the sixth? Um, no, this is the eleventh century, just before ten sixty six. I say just before, about 30 years beforehand. Okay. I'm bad with dates, but continue. Okay. Tell me if any of these names ring a bell. Okay. Swain Forkbeard. No, but I'm surprised that I don't recognize Forkbeard. Swain Forkbeard was king of England from 1013 to 1014. Okay. He just he just took it over. You'll get this one. Knut the Great. Yes. Oh, my girl pal, Knut. Because... You could really misspell that name. Knut the Great was king of England and Denmark and Norway mm-hmm. uh, in what was commonly known as the North Sea Empire from 1016 to 1035. Then you had his son, Harold Harefoot, from 1035 to 1040. And finally, Harthaknut from 1040 to 1042. So a fairly long reign of Danish kings yeah. ruled over all of Britain. Or England. So we say Danish, I just think of Danish biscuits and I'm getting Yeah, that's hungrier. that's something I should probably clear up. Um due to the personal unions, like as I said, due to the personal unions of the kingdoms from Knuts, especially because we're talking about Knut family line, Danish and Norwegian at this point kind of became synonymous. Yeah. Because he was the king of Denmark and the king of Norway. Yeah. And I also believe that Norway at this point owned Sweden. I imagine that was going to be the reason. So the I whole thought, yeah. the whole of Scandinavia was owned by a Danish man, so they were referred to as Danes. Hence the Dane law. Um, yes, and then obviously, when did the Viking Age end? In Western Europe, certainly. <laughs> well, I'm rubbish with dates. Do you remember, maybe a year and a half ago, maybe two years at this point, when we did the second ever episode of I Don't Know History? What episode was that? I believe it was the Battle of 1066. Oh, that sounds right. Or 1066 and the Battle of Hastings. Yeah, the Battle of Hastings, yeah. Uh, When a fellow who was called what? The Viking guy who sailed to England to attack? You think he sounds like a character from Big Hero 6? Oh, no! Uh, This was in the quiz Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm trying to think of the characters from it. Tadashi is like the last name of what? Um, I'm not going to get it, am I? Probably not. Continue. Harold Hardrada. Hamada! Ah, it's not Hamada, but yeah, that's yeah. what it sounds like. Harold Hardrada, if you remember, he sailed to England after, well, between Harthignut, there was Edward the Confessor and then the crisis of 1066. But Harold Hardrada sailed to Britain, to Stamford Bridge in 1066, Fulford and Stamford Bridge in 1066. And he was soundly defeated at the Battle of Stamford Bridge. Do you remember what King Harold offered him? What lands he offered him? No. Seven feet of land for a grave. That's what he said to him. Anyway, his son, King Olaf, if you remember, uh, promised promised that Vikings would no longer set foot in Britain after this. Okay. After that defeat. He also later made peace between Norway and William the Conqueror's England and was called Olaf the Peaceful. Which is why Olaf is the snowman in Frozen. You might want to fact check that. I imagine so, because he's peaceful. He is a peaceful guy, but it might not... It could be. Why Why Hans, then? 
Is there a character called Hans in Frozen? Hans. Hans Christian Andersen. Writer of all fairy tales ever, except the Brothers Grimm. Um, but he wrote some creepy tales as well on it. He certainly wrote so some creepy maybe, tales. So maybe there was something to do with, oh, nice at first thing. Turns out to be creepy. Yeah. Well, could I don't be. know. Could be. Or they just typed in into Google Scandinavian names and pulled out of a hat generator. It's probably that. It's probably that. Yeah. I want to take this time to remind you that I Don't Know History is brought to you by Podmage.com. A different kind of casting. What other podcasts are available on Podmage.com, RJ? 69 Movies, hosted by Thomas Stickler, where they review movies on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes that have been reviewed as 69. What's coming up on that podcast, RJ? Uh, I believe the next one coming out is a 1998 film called Cats Don't Dance. It's an animated flick. Uh, The last one animated by Turner Animation before they were bought out by, I believe it was uh, Warner Brothers. Turner Animation, billionaire Ted Turner, owner of Turner Classic Movies and TNT and World Championship Wrestling. Probably, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And it's uh, the last film Gene Kelly worked on uh, as a choreographer before he died. Um, So if that sounds up your alley, it's a very... Very strange film in the sense of how didn't this become like a childhood classic for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that kind of thing um, where I just feel like more people should have seen this film, but there was a massive marketing issue and stuff like that. They talk about it in the podcast. Mm-hmm. So that'll be coming out, I think, next week. Fingers so, crossed. What else? But uh, the two episodes that are currently out of it, just to let that out, is Liar Liar and Always Be My Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing, uh, when it comes to um, Podmage, another uh-huh. podcast, is Dead Air, hosted by Portia McGrath and Bethan Jones, where they talk about a lot, a lot of creepy, creepy things. Do you want to ask me what episode just came out of Dead Air? What episode just came out of Dead Air, RJ? Uh, Dyatlov, Diet Pass Incident? Dyatlov. Dyatlov. It's it's in Russia where people went out on a hike um, and they froze. Essentially, Their bodies were found the next day. uh, Well, a few days later and they've all frozen and they've clearly attacked each other. They're like bite marks on each other and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And no one knows what happened. Um, It's a massive mystery. Some are saying like anxiety attacks and um apparently that like there's some theories on supersonic waves that made them go crazy and stuff like that and it's very interesting and they also cover zombies oh yeah so zombies get your get ready for that one. Oh my god are uh, they gonna the reveal to me that zombies are real everyday zombieism from the haitian slaves to cat poop oh my god i've heard about the haitian slaves mm-hmm that i don't know that much detail i need to listen to that episode yes please listen to that episode. so the reason that diet love twigged with me is because um there was a russian scientist or ukrainian scientist yeah involved in a chernobyl incident called anatoly dyatlov or dyatlov mm-hmm. and i thought maybe it was something to do with that no maybe we should do an episode on chernobyl we should that sounds like a good idea more of that kind of thing season three yes that's correct if that's we correct. were prepared for that we would have uh, been able to get some of those listeners coming in from the chernobyl tv show Ah, oh, such a good show. We need to be more prepared for this. We need to look at times of year and stuff. I know. I tried to do that in season one. Yeah. But then 
we got um, distracted. In, in season one, it was difficult because um, my we weren't quite as rigorous with our schedule. Yeah. Sometimes we'd miss we a week. We haven't missed a week this season no, we so haven't. far. We've been late a couple times. Uh, we haven't we haven't missed a scheduled once, week. Uh, and one episode got uploaded in an evening, which I try my best not to do. Well, the evening, as long as it's out before Wednesday, I'm Fair. fine. I'm I just fine like people listening to stuff while they're on the way to work. Mm-hmm. I love waking up myself, going up uh, on Spotify, and being like, "What's the latest podcast?" Oh, my brother, my brother, and me. Oh, oh, my dad wrote a porno's back next Monday. I'm very excited <laughs> for that. Oh, I just found out who the special one is. It's great. What's your favorite podcast, Adney? Um, The Adventure Zone, because that's how I got my boyfriend. Oh. So, yeah, we met because we both cosplayed as Magnus from The Adventure Zone at Comic-Con, and now I have a boyfriend. Oh, sweet. So, do you know what my favorite podcast is? Something to do with WWE, yeah, man. Caparaje. Oh, fuck. Screw you. You made <laughs> me look bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've Just to briefly touch into i like this i like this little break for, for <laughs> that i don't know why uh are you happy that a welsh team did well in wwe i saw that on a Twitter. welsh team did well in wwe yeah something to do with the first welsh tag team in wwe like oh, was it once was it wwe nxt uk Pro- yes probably do you not pay attention to that uh it's not on tv so much oh i just to be honest with you i know walter's the nxt uk champion oh there we are I just wanted to get involved in your world once. Alex I'll, really I'll, likes WWE. I'll check it out. I do. You, Podmage is more than happy to uh, host a WWE podcast. Can we? find the right person. Can we? You get a friend who likes WWE and then sure. Oh, can I just do it with you and we can do ID, IDKW? <laughs> no. I don't know. We'll do the you, history. If you want uh, the anagram, if you want the anagram podcasts here on podmage.com, go to Alex IDKWWE. Subscribe. Subscribe now. Follow us. <laughs> Uh, yes, but that is Portmuse.com, and here is a trailer for Dead Air. Oh, hi Portia, what are you doing here? Hi Bethan, I'm just at the podcasting table where we record our podcast, Dead Air. Ah yes, Dead Air, the podcast where we talk about the supernatural, strange and straight up bizarre. I've heard of that. That's the one. You can find it on Portmuse.com and also on other retailers of podcasts. I hear that we release most Wednesdays, is that correct? That is correct. Well, that's just wonderful. I wish more people would come and listen to Dead Air on Podmage.com. A different kind of casting. We've talked about Westward expansion. I say Westward expansion. Expansion to Western Europe Mm -hmm. and the Viking Age. It's also important to note that there was a large amount of Eastward expansion from Vikings as well. So it said there's archaeological evidence that the Vikings made it as far east as Baghdad. Baghdad? In the Abbasid Caliphate. Not- Imagining Vikings in Baghdad mm-hmm. is crazy to right? me. That's smashing together of cultures. Not as, not warring, but as traders. Popping over there. Yes. Like um, the Dutch going to Japan. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was that's weird. Like I mentioned um, before, obviously they had these enormous sailing vessels that could go a long way and sail very well. That took them all, all the way to, over to Canada. They could also sail all the way around the Mediterranean to the Black Sea, to the Persian Gulf, and up into Baghdad. Or perhaps they went on foot. But yeah, the Swedish boats regularly sailed the Volga as well. Um, I'm going to talk to you about a family called the Rurikid dynasty. Okay. Now, the Rurikid dynasty are a family founded by Rurik, a Viking who lived at the time in Novgorod. Do you know where Novgorod is? No. Novgorod is in current day Russia. 
I think there is still an area called Novgorod, but it was the Grand Principality of Novgorod. It was the, the Novgorod Republic at the time. He ruled, this, this Rurik fella, ruled Kievan Rus from 882 AD. Now, Kievan Rus, obviously, Kiev being the capital of Ukraine yeah. and Rus being the precursor to Russia. Kievan Rus. Uh, it grew hugely, his family. Yep. He, his family was incorporated into the Grand Duchy of Moscow in 1283. And finally, they annexed the Republic of Novgorod in 1478. So we're skipping forward a little bit. But he later establishes the Tsardom of Russia and rules until 1598. Uh, finally, in 1598, the line dies out and the Romanovs come to power. Romanovs being famous, of course, for the family that was ousted... For... for, for producing um, Black Widow, yes, that's yeah. right. I was trying to say the actress's Natasha name. Natasha Romanoff, Scarlett Johansson. Thank you. Not, I don't know why I Not Russian. It. It's fine. Uh, yes, no, but seriously. Yes. The Romanovs, who were ousted in the 1917 October Revolution by Lenin. Yes. So, like, that's the connection right there to that. Um, the first... The first Rurik Tsar of Russia, do you know what his name was? Think of a famous Russian. Putin. More famous. Older. Oh. Uh, I mean, dead now, obviously, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to waste time. I also just want to say, you know, I just said, this is a tangent. You know, I just say, dead now, of course. Yeah. Do you find that old people you know will say that all the time? Yeah. My grandmother says it all the time. Oh, she he's talks dead about, now? Talk, it's it's almost in passing. She goes, oh, my old friend, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so, used to do this. And dead, they, dead I used to, I knew them from this. Dead now, of course. Yeah. <laughs> they stop, think about it. I feel it. like it's because they feel that grief again. Yeah. Just knock in and they're like, dead now. Dead now, Shame. of course. I don't it's, even know if it is that sometimes. It's like, they want to they be like, you'll never meet them. Dead now, of course. Yeah. I don't know. It does feel, because the way that the beat drops mm -hmm. on it, it's like, dead beat now. Drops. It's Dead now. <laughs> oh, it's gonna, that's going to peak the audio, I'm sure. No, I'm looking at it right now, and it's not that bad. <laughs> so the first Tsar of Russia in the Rurika dynasty was a gentleman called who you're, whose name you recognize, called Ivan the Terrible. Do you recognize that name? Yes, I do. Ivan the Terrible. He was just a horrible, horrible man, apparently. I mean, if you had to be named the Terrible, mm. like, what would your the name be? The... Alex, the... Historian? Educator? Wise? The... I like wise. Alex the wise would be nice. But my name's quite short, so I'd maybe like a slightly longer word. Historian would fit on that, Alex but you didn't just focus Alex on history. You scholar. studied law, didn't Alex you? Alex the scholarly. Yes. Alex the scholar. Because like nice. you, you like putting your fingers in many educationary pies. Educational pies. Who would I be? RJ the eager. <laughs> Fair. I feel okay with that. RJ the the bard, corpulent. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just want to bring that back as a joke, like you don't you remember when you got you, wait. Was it what are you corpulent? I called you dumpy. Yeah, I was gonna say I was and like you, corpulent wasn't the word. And then you suddenly became very very offended. Yeah, and then I went I, on Google. Then, then I typed in. Up. Dumpy, and then it said corpulent, corpulent, and you enjoyed the way I said corpulent. Corpulent, yes. So, yes, I think I'd be Alex the Scholar, and you can be RJ, RJ the, the Dumpy. Oh, RJ the Dumpy. RJ the... Eager. Yeah, the eager. That's a good word. Eager's good. Yeah, but, you know, eager's like a puppy. RJ the keen, the keen bean. 
Cute. <laughs> Why are all my names like the cute ones that are never going to be remembered in history? RJ the Hairy. How's that? I mean, that's about right. That's accurate, at least. Accurate. RJ was so hairy, when they rebooted Teen Wolf, they just cast him for both they sides saw him of Michael went, J. Fox. Jeez, we won't even need to... Yeah, it's going to be so easy. We won't even need makeup. Yeah, like, one shirt, good. One, shirt he's got a sh- one scene he's got a shirt on, next scene, shirt off. That's the wolf. Done. Just, they, they'll add a fade effect. <laughs> just my shirt like, comes off. Like, 70s, like... I don't know, Wonder Woman style. No, like, just... <laughs> like, in an, like in an American werewolf in London, you know, the transformation. That's just, that transformation view, the low budget, is just you take your shirt off and it's like, that's it, I'm a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the camera, break the fourth wall. I've done it. It is I, RJ, the, the werewolf. werewolf. Grrr. Okay, so Viking as an identity could be seen as being ended when Scandinavia was assimilated by Christianity in the late 11th century. Sounds about right. Christianity, here we come. Yes, they're Catholics in Scandinavia now, or at least they were at the time. Yeah. Um, this is before the 1517 Reformation that happened in Europe, okay. which could have affected whether they became Protestants or, or not. But Norse religion basically died out. There are still some pockets of Norse, Norse pagans, I suppose we call them, in Scandinavia now. Although, also in, the, in their eastern areas, in Kiev and Rus, uh, orthodoxy like Orthodox Christianity, became the dominant religion in 988. Yeah. Though in Rus, Slavic paganism was followed rather than Norse paganism. So you can see the schism between um, Scandinavian and like the Rurik dynasty that I talked about. So RJ, I want to talk about culture. Viking culture. We've done a bit of history. Let's talk about culture. Okay. Um, so as I said before, Viking culture was largely non-literate. They didn't write. They had runes, but not sophisticated writing before about the 11th century. Uh, hence the lack of contemporary writings written by Scandinavians themselves. Icelandic sagas were written for the first time through the 12th to 14th century uh, about Leif Erikson and Eric the Red and people like that. But as far as sort of economic culture is concerned in Viking life, we know that there were three social classes. One, thralls. A thrall was a slave. Pure and simple. Uh, if you were a slave, your children were slaves. You were a slave family. Uh, Karls, which were the free peasantry. They were free men, but they were not rich. And also Jarls. If you ever played Skyrim, you've heard the name, heard the word Jarl, uh, which were the ruling class, the Jarls. Um, yeah, social mobility did exist, though. We have history about um, detailing sort of intermediate positions between Karl and Jarl. So you'd have like a a Jarl would, would rule like a a small village and he would have his thanes who were like sworn men of the of the village and landmand which were land owning like peasants who owned larger shares of land so it's unclear about the details of social mobility but it shows that there was a there was a distinct opportunity for social mobility they also existed things called felags and things things i'll get to it a felag was from my understanding it's like a guild Essentially, a group of people that are grouped by their common ownership of like a sea vessel, so they collectively own something, or also their shared trade, which kind of sounds like a guild. It also sounds like the way that the ancient Greeks used to group their voting groups together. Do you remember in the old yeah. in the old polis, it wasn't where what part of the city you were from is what you did. Yeah. So all the shipbuilders would would vote together, and a thing is a governing assembly. 
like a like a parliament or like a like a local council. It's weird how language works. Yeah, I know it's really odd, um, but it's where the word thing is where I think hustings in British in when English comes from. Don't ask me to define hustings. It's something to do with political assembly. Okay, the sort of house things. I don't know. Um, something I want to talk about about uh, in Viking culture was the freedom of women, which was super good. Um, you may not think because they're a warlike culture. Yeah, like, when, I, you th- when you hear Vikings, one of the things that you you do get a lot is say like the rapers and pillagers kind of. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm sure yes, that happened. Yes, but men are awful throughout history. Unlike in almost all other European countries, unmarried women were free to inherit lands and titles. Oh, you didn't even have to be someone's daughter if you were their niece and they died and there were no male relatives. It's like there. Have it. You could inherit it. Not only that, you could also inherit the 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 headship of a family until they were married. They were called ba- uh, ba- oh, I haven't written this word down. I should have baugrir something like that. I think it's like that. Okay. And they were the de facto head of the family. Not even de facto. They were the the lawful head of the family. So they could make decisions based like about the holdings of land and where the money went and stuff like that until they married. At which point, the husband would become the head of that family. Yeah. Um, and husbands were unfortunately not a choice generally they were chosen for you however women were free to divorce and remarry think about divorce wasn't a thing until the church of england basically in like this in the 16th century in in britain what word did they use then was it divorce i'm guessing not we don't know but there was, was there's evidence that they you know women could be married twice not to the same man at the same time though so there's obviously some method of divorce yeah um, they were free to cohabit and have children without marrying. And not only was this allowed, it was socially acceptable. So you'd have, you know, you wouldn't necessarily be your wife. It wouldn't be like, be like you're a bastard. No, you'd be like, this is my this child. Is, this is, I am, this is my man and I live with him. He's not my husband though. And our children. This is my boyfriend. Yeah. This is my fiance. Um, there was no, there was no such thing as bastardy. Um, illegitimate children in, in this sense. I guess um, for them, so like from at least from how I have viewed them, mm-hmm. they're very sexually aggressive. So I guess marriage wouldn't be a thing that stops them. It's so maybe I, that has an influence. I suppose so, but there's not, there's not, um, you know, sort of evidence of of like a rape culture in in Scandinavia and Viking times. It was very like we'll get to this in a little bit. I've okay. I've, I've created a new segment. Oh, <laughs> there was no bastard. Season three. I have only used the term illegitimate to kind of understand like where we we would come from in our culture. A child whose parents weren't married, there was no such thing. There was no such thing as illegitimacy. Yeah, they had all the same inheritance rights. If you and I had the same father, but we had different mothers, it doesn't matter. We have the same inheritance rights. Yeah. Oh, well, whoever's older, obviously. Yeah. Um, but like, unlike in so many other European countries, married women retained their independence and retained their own like personal rights. They didn't become property of their husbands, yeah. like in basically every other Christian country. Um, they were also often involved in religion as oracles and priestesses. And the uh, interestingly, the exhumation of a woman in Birka, Sweden, who had been buried with yeah. the finery and possessions of an elite soldier, could show that women, women were involved in the military. Hmm. So kind of a, quite a progressive nation as far as nation, culture, as far as like women were concerned. So... RJ, I'm going to introduce you to the newest segment of I don't know history. This is not necessarily this is going to be a recurring segment, not necessarily every week. It's called Let's Debunk That. 
<laughs> Let's debunk that. Do, 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 do. I'll send that to Jack later and he can make a, a jingle for us. <laughs> okay, something you mentioned in the early minutes of this episode. Horned helmets. Yeah. Uh, I know that they're not real. They're, well, they're, I, yes, fine. I understand maybe you, don't, you, you knew that, but um, it is a common misconception. So, horned helmets, why would you have a horned helmet? I don't know. The idea from, like, I was aware of beforehand, it was a case of, like, you charge at someone. Oh, right. You could, essentially, if you Mm -hmm. attack them that way, or you just have a sharp thing on your Mm -hmm. head. Well, think about it like this. If I'm in combat with you, hand-to-hand combat with you, I go, oh, a horn, I grab onto it, I yank your head down, and I stab you. Stab you, yeah. Unless it's not attached to your head. In which case, I just go, bump, and it falls off, and then I stab you through the face. You know? The horned helmet made no sense. Um, It would have been dangerous to wear. And, okay, several reasons. It would have been dangerous to wear, and there is no archaeological proof of horned helmets at all. What? Um, I thought they would have been, they would have existed, just not for war. There have existed very few examples of ritualistic helmets with protrusions that could be called horns. Uh, it's more like a snake coming out of the helmet or something like that. Okay. Never worn for combat. Or sort of very fine helmets. So horned helmets, it's a no-no. It's Hollywood. It? Yeah. Thor has a winged helmet, but it'd be no use. Now, something you mentioned. Barbarity. Yeah. Were they savages? Well, you, media-wise, it depends on what you're watching, but sometimes they seem barbaric. But yeah, but I mean, while they did raid and pillage, and this was not uncommon practice for any seafaring nation, the British did it, the Dutch did it. Yeah, yeah. Well, all, all along coastlines. Maybe they did it with a bit less ferocity. because the, Less like, showmanship. You know, potentially, yes. We were more stoic rather but, um, than and, and traditional. You know, this is, an, this is another example of not even history being written by the victors, but history being written by the people who have the best writing skills. Yeah. You know, it's the reason that classical greece is written from an athenian point of view because they they had the best and most prevalent writers and scholars whereas we the british had the most advanced sort of typography and and alphabet and stuff yeah and we had experience with vikings so we've written all this stuff and when they came over to york and killed everyone we were like these these savages you know but they have like yeah like a, a reputation for sort of being smelly and vicious and they, they weren't particularly just propaganda they, they were often peaceful as we've already like discussed they they went over to sort of greenland and traded with the locals i think that i think that i think the Aliots in greenland i'm sorry if that's wrong they traded with the local people didn't necessarily kill them all they sailed down the volga they traded with the iraqis and the byzantines you know they even would life be more peaceful you know, if we were all vikings they weren't all necessarily savages you gotta think like Yes, they came to war in the Great Heathen Army in 865, or, you know, did they? That might be legend. But at the tre- they, they signed the treaty to end it. It's not like they just went, we shall fight until we die. You know, they weren't yeah. all berserkers. They, uh, they signed treaties and were, were reasonable people. And as I said earlier, the third thing we're going to debunk today is skulls as drinking vessels. Ah. Now, this is largely a mistranslation. It was written in a Viking Edda, or Norse Edda. I'm, I'm sorry if any of your Norwegian friends are listening, because I'm about to butcher this. Uh, or Bjugvidum Hausa, which they drank from the branches of skulls. 
This has been mistranslated to be skulls, the skulls of their vanquished enemies. Yeah. Which is untrue. Uh, branches of skulls or what? What what would you might what might you call a branch of a skull? Well, I my, You've got a skull, branch comes off. I don't know. It sounds branch comes off a skull. No, well, that's dangerous. What the hell? But I don't know. Well, it's a it's a horn, isn't it? Okay, so at the beginning of the episode where I said about they drank out of horns, you just flew over that. Okay. Well, yes, because I wanted to do. I this wanted bit. to get to this bit. Yeah, no, that's okay. I worked really hard on let's debunk this. Yeah. Let's debunk that. But I was just like, you just, because you just said, oh, they didn't exist. I was yeah. like, oh, so it can't be that then. Oh, no, horned helmets. Yeah. No, horned helmets didn't exist. Yeah. They drank then- out of... They drank out of the horns, not of, not of people. Oh, now I'm starting to understand They drank now. out of, like, you know, goat horns. Yeah. They hollowed them out and drank out of that drinking horn. Strange. So they, someone's written, oh, they drank out of the branches of skulls, and someone's read it and go, drank skulls, fucking hell, you know? Maybe that's why it got fused together in Hollywood. Like. Maybe. I think it's like, just, it just Conceptually, cool. they were like, we'll put them on the head. You know. I think it just looks cool. Yeah. I mean, multi-purpose. Okay. Before we end the episode, RJ, I'm going to ask you one more time. Can you remember the names of any, with with the exception of Leif Erikson, any famous Vikings? Eric the Red. What did he do? I don't know. We'll find out in another episode. If you enjoyed the podcast uh, and you want to comment and suggest your own ideas, please follow us at HistoryIDK on Twitter. And if you'd like to pledge to the podcast, please visit patreon.com forward slash podmage. You can give... A number of different ways. RJ, you know more about the Patreon. You tell them how to do Patreon. Yeah, so if you, um, if you want to just support us, uh, there is an option called Bless on IDK History. So that money will just come to this podcast. Or you can support uh, Podmage overall uh, just to help us keep the lights on because the service costs money and, you know, we put time and effort into this and we hope that you really enjoy. We, I have noticed we're getting a lot more followers on Twitter lately um, yeah. as well. So thank you very much for following at history IDK. Um, you can chat to us there. If you've got any recommendations for season three that you'd like to hear, uh, please give us a little message. Um, and if you just want to tell me that I'm stupid and the worst uh, on this podcast, then uh, my mom already told me that. So wow, no, my mom didn't actually tell Burn. me that. But I bet she's a very nice lady. Tom you... of sixty nine movies fame hates me on this podcast because <laughs> I forget things that you said five minutes ago. RJ, do you think you know a little bit more about history? I think I know a little bit more about history. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please make sure you tune in next time as well when we'll be doing the history of witchcraft. Ooh. And, uh, one month shy of Halloween no one month shy of Halloween yes that's it um, thank you again and goodbye this episode of I Don't Know History was brought to you by Podmage.com a different kind of casting written by Alex Fakili and produced by RJ Davis the theme song is Out Orbit by Revolution Void licensed under Creative Commons Zero Hi Portia, what are you doing here? Hi Bethan, I'm just at the podcasting table where we record our podcast, Dead Air. Ah yes, Dead Air, the podcast where we talk about the supernatural, strange and straight up bizarre. I've heard of that. That's the one. You can find it on podmage.com and also on other retailers of podcasts. 
I hear that we release most Wednesdays, is that correct? That is correct. Well, that's just wonderful. I wish more people would come and listen to Dead Air on Podmage.com, a different kind of casting.